You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. Today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On Live Fantasy Show. Have fantasy football questions that you need answered before your draft? Don't miss out on the Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th, tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now to make sure that you don't miss it, and you can put your questions in ahead of time if you want, at Locked On Network on Twitter. But we are also two writers who got us started covering the Chargers, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, over five seasons ago. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome back into the show. A special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show today for the first time. We very much appreciate it. And to make sure that you never miss a show, make sure to subscribe or follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. Well, on today's show, we're going to be getting into the first round of cuts for the Chargers The Chargers had to get their roster down to 85 by today, but they didn't wait till the deadline. They got the roster number down to 85 on Monday with a couple of releases, so we'll start there because the kicker situation is now down to two guys. Ty Long now has won the punter job that we've talked so much about. Just kidding. But also, besides that, I ended up going up to training camp on Monday and ended up getting to see... A pretty laid-back practice, but things heated up a little bit. In the two-minute drill and 11-on-11, we got to see some action. And then to wrap up the show today, we'll get into who we didn't see at practice today because Rashawn Slater, Mike Williams, Justin Jackson were all out of practice. But we did get to see some guys we wanted to see back because Mark Webb was back on the field. Kenneth Murray was out there as well. So it was really nice to see those guys get a chance to get back out there. Tyron Johnson as well and kind of continue showing what they can do during training camp. But let's go ahead and get into it. David, the Chargers ended up cutting down their roster to 85 on Monday. They did not wait till the Tuesday deadline. And I was wondering if that's a stable thing to try to get guys, you know, the best opportunity to go out and try to find a job elsewhere. Either way, it's not a very significant cut, right? This isn't the one that they're going to be sweating bullets over. Those ones are still yet to come. But they did end up releasing... The third kicker in the kicker competition, Alex Kessman, who is an undrafted free agent coming out of Pittsburgh, who had a really good statistical collegiate career kicking, especially from 50-plus yards. And now he has been cut because now it's Tristan Viscaino or Michael Badgley. So we kind of knew that, David, after we were at SoFi, right? And you got to see Alex Kessman go two for six on his field goals in that stadium. And now it's back down to two players fighting it out to be the Chargers' main place kicker. Unfortunately for Alex Kessman, he did not really perform the way he wanted to, and he missed some kicks. He did that at the scrimmage, and he just unfortunately wasn't consistent enough to be the Chargers kicker. So they had to let him go, and I mean, as kickers go in the NFL, I mean, they're only you're only one phone call away. You never know when a team is going to get disgruntled with their current kicker, so he's got to stay ready. But yeah, a pretty insignificant cut there. I mean, I think we, we, we saw the writing on the wall in that uh, respect. I mean, I think we know now that it's going to be down to Trist- Tristan Viscaino and Michael Badgley. And right now, I mean, who knows who has the leg up? It seems like is Tristan Viscaino. 
And it seems like we might get the leg up thing every time we talk about kickers for David. And he's going to pretend like the joke's not intended. No, oh, I'm just man. kidding. Yeah, you can't say that a guy doesn't have a leg up. It's impossible. <laughs> but I think the other thing this does, too, is you just you only have so many snaps, right? Like today, there was no field goal kicking when I was out at camp. So you only have so many different times where you're evaluating that position. And now all of those snaps for the rest of the preseason are only split up between those two guys. They're the only guys that were out there last week in anyways, but now it makes it very easy. You just have both of those guys, and you'll give them every opportunity to show what they can do before, you know, the really important cut to get down to 53, when whoever it is you're hoping is with you for that full season and beyond. Hopefully, because, yeah, there's 32 jobs, and everyone's a call away always, but finding that one guy... That's going to make you, you know, leave the phone down for a while because you finally found your kicker. That would be a great feeling. So hopefully one of those two guys can get that done. But also the other two cuts were names that aren't going to be very familiar. Lachlan Edwards was a punter the Chargers had with them last season a little bit as well in the practice squad, but also brought in this year to training camp. And he was actually a starter for the Jets for four seasons. I don't think we ever really talked about Ty Long being in a punter competition doesn't seem like he really was, you know, at the end of the day. Lachlan Edwards gets released. And the other release was Michael Bandy. And he was a small school wide receiver who put up ridiculous numbers during his time at USD. But at the same time, he was a total, total long shot to make the team. And when you have another guy, you know, like Austin Prohl, who's impressed so far, it makes it pretty hard to, you know, find a way to even get onto the field. Not really a surprise there, but one of the things that also happened on Monday was the Chargers actually made a signing as well because they ended up bringing in Matt Overton, who's a veteran long snapper because David Cole Mazza ended up getting hurt. He was out there with a sling on his arm, and now they brought in another long snapper just to make sure that they have bodies at camp for sure, but this is a veteran who I'm sure is a pretty good long snapper. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to make sure that you have this position taken care of. It might seem like a very simple task, but it is a very important task. You just want this guy to go out there and do his job and be consistent and get the ball where it needs to go, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot that goes into it, but it needs to be done well. And, hey, you you see an injury already to your starting long snapper. So I think this signing is just that extra layer of security. You just want to make sure that you have two guys just in case something happens happens again god forbid but hopefully both of these guys uh you know they are able to do their job and hopefully uh Cole Mazza can get healthy soon I mean he was shoulders in a sling I know Brandon Staley was hoping to get him back at some point but I mean you can't put a timetable on on injury so we can just hope that his recovery is very speedy yeah exactly and it'll be interesting to see how much they value Cole Mazza right because another thing with long snappers and things like that especially when you're trying to deal with a salary cap and the Chargers are well under, so it's not as big of a thing this year, but it's hard to pay a long snapper a lot of money. And Cole Mazza doesn't get paid like that, but at the same time, the financials do come into it somewhat. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, if your number's not called on, if your name is not said during a broadcast and you're a long snapper, that's a really good thing. I mean, that means you're doing something right. And with Cole Mazza, I mean, it's hard to think back to a time where He had a really bad snap that cost the Chargers a turnover or anything like that. So he's been pretty solid. We'll see. He's been solid. Yeah, we'll see how much they value him. Do they want to put him on injured reserve? I mean, his arm was in a sling 
hard to know for sure that he's going to play in a couple of weeks, right? Because that's how far away we are from the season. So the Chargers have an insurance policy there. Nothing crazy to write home about. But I do think, David, that the next round of cuts will get a little bit more intense because even though it's only five more players, the Chargers will have to get down from 85 to 80. And I think that's probably around the spot where one name, maybe two names pop up of, you know, someone that you've heard about so far in training camp. Yeah, I mean, this was a relatively easy cut. I mean, I don't think they really had to think very hard about any of these decisions. But it's going to get more difficult. I mean, there's some back of the uh, back to the roster guys, some corners that are playing well. There's uh, some wide receivers that are fighting. There's some defensive linemen that are trying to make this team. And one of those guys in one of those position group battles is probably going to get let go next. They really have to go out here and show these coaches that they deserve to be on this roster. Yeah, I'm just glad my boy Forrest Merrill didn't, you know, get nabbed up in the first round of cuts. Hopefully he can do something else this weekend too against the 49ers or even this week during the joint practices. We have that to look forward to this week to show that he should stick around. But yeah, I mean, some of those corners at the bottom of the roster, the Keemon Talls and the John Brandons, all those guys, I mean, they've made some plays. So it is going to be interesting. I think that position and wide receiver, obviously, is where a lot of those tough cuts are going to come. But there's still some kind of fringe. There's kind of a layer of fat between the guys that are expendable to the Chargers at this point, quote-unquote, right, obviously. The guys that don't factor into the plans long-term for the Chargers. And also the guys that are, you know, core parts of your roster or guys that have a lot of experience with the team in the past. Because that's when it gets the toughest. And you're going to start to see those. But when it gets down to 80 next week, I don't know if it'll be anything crazy to write home about but we do have two more segments to get into because i did go to training camp five hours early to make sure i got a good spot to report there for for you guys but we're going to get into that coming up right after this first i need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the lockdown chargers podcast is betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. But it's not just baseball. You can get all of your MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action from Bet Online. You're going to get the best odds. You're going to get the best props. So much to bet on at Bet Online. And it's the one place that we trust and the one place that we use. Even if you're not a big sports gambler, there's definitely some action out there that would be worth it to jump in on, especially NFL futures. You can bet on Justin Herbert to win the MVP. You can even bet on the Chargers' first game against the Washington football team. Some of the ones I like, Derwin James, comeback player of the year. Sante Samuel Jr., defensive rookie of the year. We know a couple of Chargers have already won that award, but all of the best bets you're going to find are at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at Bet Online. your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, I have loved going to training camp so far and going to the Chargers practices. It was a lot of fun. Rub it in. Why don't you? I was just going to say it was a lot of fun when I got to watch it with you at Chargers Stadium. Jesus Christ. Ah, Anyways. So of course you were. I was. I was going to say we got to watch one together. But <laughs> either way, I mean, it's, it's always fun going out to training camp. I would suggest it to anyone who hasn't done it, especially with free tickets. It's hard to go wrong there. Unless you don't go at the right time and end up going five hours early. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I ended up doing on Monday was uh, getting there at 9 a.m. for a practice that started at 2 p.m. So had to hang out a little bit. And, of course, I'm driving from San Diego. So about an hour and 45 minute drive. Either way, all worth it. Definitely just showed up early to get a good spot and all of that now. But 
it was a pretty laid back practice. I mean, I think it's probably similar to what you'll see after some of the games during the season. And the Chargers aren't allowed to work out in pads on Monday. Plus, they have the joint practices later on the week. So they're going to have some intense practices. It just wasn't the one that I ended up going to today. Still, there was definitely some notes to take away. I mean, we were talking about special teams in the last segment. We can keep it going here because one of the things that was nice to see them focusing on, David, was the punt coverage unit. And there was a lot of it at Monday's practice. I mean, not a ton of fun to watch from the sidelines, but still have to be happy that they're trying to fix it and even putting more talented players out there to do it because that was the one saving grace that you could come up with for the punt coverage unit is those aren't the guys that are going to be out there. Today, you saw second-round pick Asante Samuel Jr. out there running with some of it. You had Nazir Adderley out there. So they're definitely adding talent to that position because obviously they know performances like last week against the Rams will just not fly. Well, it's nice to see that they've identified the fact that the punt coverage was a problem and that they're actively working to fix it. I think that's encouraging to me. And Darius Swinton already said that he's going to try to get contributors from up and down this roster. There's going to be some starters out there on the special teams unit because they need to get the best guys on the field, the guys that are going to be able to make an impact. And that might come from some places that they did not come from before. But like I said, it's encouraging that they identified this as a problem and that they're working very, very hard to make sure that they get it corrected. And hopefully we see those corrections in the next preseason game. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to see some improvement. And Brian Staley talked about, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to have Ryan Smith out there, but who's the next Ryan Smith? Because Ryan Smith has been injured, and he was brought in as a special teams ace, and specifically as a gunner for the punt coverage unit. And he will make a difference, but you you only can have him on one side anyways, right? So, like, you need another guy out there, another few guys that you trust to go out there and cover that position well. So, It is very important, even if it's not a lot of fun to watch. What was a lot of fun to watch was Josh Palmer versus Asante Samuel Jr. in the team drills, both in the two-minute drill and just on 11-on-11. There was a fade route that Justin Herbert had thrown to Josh Palmer, who's a big receiver, right? Big, thick, likes to make contested catches and has great hands. He almost plucked this ball out of the air one-handed, like not even like a normal one-handed catch. Like he almost palmed it, like... Really? Yeah, that's why they call him Josh Palmer. But oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like for you know, you have you seen guys who just like the commercials, the old ESPN commercials where guys are just oh, snatching yeah. it out of the you know air with their hand and just yeah. palming the ball. Like he had that in the back of the end zone pretty much, and then Asante Samuel Jr. did enough to kind of jar it free, and that was a nice you know contested play. Josh Palmer did get a couple of catches in the team drills, but there was another play in the two minute drill which was really impressive. Asante Samuel Jr., great coverage on Josh Palmer right at the sideline. Herbert made a pretty good throw. Samuel Jr. ends up forcing the incompletion, and that's just been such a a fun battle to watch, and it's really heating up. It's not just the fact that both these guys went to the same high school at one point, but it's just seeing these two competitors who are both at the NFL level now, both playing well and seeing that matchup heat up was definitely one of the highlights of training camp. Well, they've been doing this, man, since they were teenagers, literally. They've been fighting, going back and forth. They've been practicing, getting better. They've been going up against each other. And now they're at the highest level, and they're still doing it. They're still making each other better. They're still being physical. They're still pushing each other. And now they're on the same team. It's got to be crazy that they were in high school, and now they're in the NFL together. And they're working hard to get better. Both these guys are incredibly talented, and they're definitely 
and the work that they're putting in now is definitely going to show up when they go play on Sundays. I mean, it's pretty easy to think about like how cool that is, right? Just like think about you know those who played football, your best friend who played football with you, and both of you guys making it to the NFL, right? Especially going to separate colleges and doing all of those things, and then you know kind of getting to reunite in the NFL. And it's pretty cool too, just because the first day of rookie minicam, you heard about those guys staying after practice and going one on one against each other. So that's going to be. Such a fun matchup to watch for all of the years coming forward, but it does seem like those two are making each other better, and that play ended up leading to a second and long where Justin Herbert, in the two-minute drill, ended up finding a receiver over the middle. The receiver was not able to get out of bounds. I believe it was Jason Moore, but anyways, the clock was running, and the time was going at camp. Precious seconds ticking off the clock, and it ended up being a third down, so that was the nice thing about Asante Samuel Jr. Even though it's a first down play, now it ends up after not being able to get it on second down. Now you're forcing a third down with the clock running down. And Justin Herbert ends up throwing an interception to Michael Davis. That was great to see from Michael Davis. I mean, obviously not so much for Herbert, but I think it is a valuable lesson because that was one of the things that we took away last year, David. In some of those late game situations, the Chargers had some very mismanaged drives, especially with the clock. I mean, so much clock mismanagement right maybe Justin Herbert kind of has to brainwash himself to get away from some of those tendencies from the former coaching staff but again in this scenario where I'm watching and I'm seeing the time run off the clock and you know it's a rush play to the line of scrimmage all those things sometimes it's better to take an incomplete pass than get an eight yard catch that's in the middle of the field and that keeps the clock running right so I think that is somewhere that it's nice to see Justin Herbert, right, learning these things in practice. Obviously, this is where you want to have it. I'm not concerned about him. He actually looked really good pretty much the entire day. Justin Herbert did, so this is not meant to freak anyone out. But Michael Davis making a big play. The Chargers have to do better in those situations, David. And Chase Daniel ended up coming in right after leading a drive down the field and scoring a touchdown to K.J. Hill over Kamon Hall with 20 seconds left to spare. That was nice to see. That's how you do it. But You have to be better in those situations last year. You have to know how much time is left and what kind of plays are going to be most beneficial to you. Yeah, and this is where it happens in practice. This is where you make those mistakes. This is where you make some of those throws that you might not make because you want to protect the football. you got to see what you can do, and this is where you do that trial and error in practice. And also, you get put in these situations now so that when you go see them in the game, you're calm and you're ready because you've already been through every single different type of scenario to prepare you to go out there and execute what you're trying to get done. Absolutely, and I think the coolest thing, too, on the other side of it, for the defensive side of it, was the Chargers attacking the football. They were not sitting back and keeping everything in front of them. I saw two plays on the football when it mattered most, Asante Samuel Jr. So what you're saying is no more picket fence? No more picket fence and no more just soft coverage. And it is easy to do that in a two-minute you know, drill when there's not that much on the line, right? I mean, it's not a game, so you don't know if it would be exactly the same, but... You're talking about two plays, one on first down where Asante Samuel Jr. is all over Josh Palmer, creating an incompletion. And then you have Michael Davis, you know, in a game, if they're going for a two-minute drill, he just ended the game potentially right there. So seeing the defenders 
come up and making plays on the football in a scenario where they're not just waiting to get beat, they're trying to go win the game, was something that was very, very fun to watch and something I hope to keep seeing from Brandon Staley's defense. We're not going to sit back there. Brandon Staley's going to go for the win. He's going to go for the kill. And it seems like the players are doing that as well. And I just absolutely love to see that because there's nothing worse than watching a team dink and dunk it down the field and easily get in position to score. And that's what we saw a lot of times under Gus Bradley. But we do have one more segment to get into because we do have some injury updates and there were some certain guys not on the field for the Chargers and certain guys back on the field like T. Billy, Mark Webb back on the field for the Chargers while Rashawn Slater and Mike Williams sat out. So we're going to get into the impact of those injuries and Justin Jackson getting hurt at a really bad time coming up right after this. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bars. Built Bars are my favorite protein bar and I know there's so many different protein bars to choose from that it can be kind of hard to keep it all in perspective and say, why do I need to try this one? Well, the first thing is, is it tastes great. And I've had protein bars that don't taste great. And I can tell you for a fact that Built Bars have a lot of great flavors and it tastes like you're eating a candy bar while you're still getting something that fits on your diet. And I know what you're going to say. How do you know I like it? Well, I'm going to tell you that you're going to be able to find something that you like because there's a ton of flavors at Built Bar. I mean, we're talking mint brownie, my favorite, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, coconut, raspberry, so many different flavors to choose from. And so you can keep spicing things up. You can even buy a mixed box where they're going to send you two of each of the flavors so it never gets stale and never gets boring. And it's also great for you too. I mean, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, around 130 calories, and usually less than four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. So you can feel like you're having that cheap meal while you're still staying good and eating healthy at the same time. So Built Bar is what I've been eating all the time. It's my favorite protein bar. We can even save you guys some money on it. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you about the only place that I get auto parts, and that is RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning or wait while the counterman orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry, You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. And the best thing is you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. You can get it delivered right to your house. And what I love about it is the simplicity because I'm not a car guy, as you would say. And I've been able to use it. I've been able to use it three times and get parts that I need. And you're getting the best price because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the same great price at rockauto.com. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car truck and write Locked On in there, How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, David, well, one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about today, because I was just out there and I got to see a lot of the guys who weren't practicing, and I got to see a lot of the guys who were back practicing, was the injuries, and that's always been a part of it with the Chargers, right? It's been something that they've been cursed with, something they just have not been good enough at preventing or even rehabbing, I would say, to a certain extent. We just haven't seen guys be able to get back on the field as soon as you would like to. It has happened a little bit so far, right? Knocking on wood as we enter this conversation. But I more want to talk about the impact of these injuries, right? Because that is one of the cold parts of the NFL business is somebody gets hurt, somebody else gets an opportunity to play, and they have an opportunity, you know, to shine in your stead. 
Not a ton to be concerned about today with the biggest name on this list, and that's Rashawn Slater. Obviously, I wanted to see him out there. I did see him out there walking around, you know, without any kind of practice gear on. But Brandon Staley said that we shouldn't be concerned. So as much as I want to be concerned, because it's the Chargers left tackle who already looks like clearly the best option on their roster to man that position. At the same time, he's telling us that it's not a big deal. So I'm going to go ahead and take his word for it. The more interesting injuries, I would say, are Mike Williams and Justin Jackson. I know me and you were talking about both of these injuries before the show. And for Justin Jackson specifically, we hit on it a little bit yesterday. But in that running back competition with Darius Bradwell and Larry Roundtree the third, both looking really good last week in the preseason. Yes, it's the preseason. But still, we talked about it all season, David. Justin Jackson, to prove that he deserves a roster spot on this team, the best way he's going to be able to do that is by staying healthy and not going through another offseason banged up or another season banged up. And once again, he's going to miss practice all week this week with an injury, which is definitely at least going to hurt his chances, even though it might not just kick him off the team. It might not, Daniel, but this is the absolute last thing that Justin Jackson could have wanted to happen is him getting another injury. This is going to take him off the field again where this is his – Last year of his rookie contract, Daniel, like it's crunch time. And he's been hurt every single year of his NFL career. And now he has another injury. And now the Chargers have a really good running back group. I mean, it seems like they got some really good talent up and down. We know what Austin Eckler brings. Larry Roundtree looks like he has some good vision, some good power. Even Darius Bradwell is showing up. Joshua Kelly is not really doing too well. But now he has another opportunity to try to take those snaps away. And if Justin Jackson doesn't get healthy quickly, he might find himself getting cut from this team. I mean, I guess like the only thing that's going in his favor is that Josh Kelly hasn't looked like an out-of-this-world talent so far like we heard he did last training camp, right, where he was the talk of training camp. So he hasn't really run away with that roster spot either. But Larry Roundtree was super impressive. You know what Austin Eckler brings to the table Darius Bradwell, I would still say at this point, is a long shot, especially since the we F-250 don't know. The F-250 himself. Yeah, we don't know how many running backs the Chargers are going to keep on their roster, and that's obviously going to be an important part of that equation. But I do think it's trouble for Justin Jackson, and I feel for him because we all know the talent there. He it's never there. got hurt at Northwestern, right? I mean, he had a ton of snaps in the Big Ten, never got injured, and it's been the story of his career so far in the NFL, and it really sucks. But another guy who has kind of had that tag, even though he's played most of the games, is Mike Williams, who is also out this week. Brandon Staley said it's a hip flexor situation that he wouldn't practice this week, more than likely. So no joint scrimmages for him with the 49ers. And David, obviously, he's not you know, in danger of losing his roster spot. We all know that. At the same time, when you're not out there, now Josh Palmer's out there looking good. Tyron Johnson's out there looking good. There are snaps to be had, and I'm not sure he loses his role at all, right? But at the same time, the one thing that you wanted to see from Mike Williams in this season, in his final fifth year of his rookie deal, was that he could stay out there, be healthy, and produce consistently and not go through another season banged up. It's not his fault, right? I mean, and there's certain things, if you think it's a lack of effort and things like that with his routes, I can totally buy that. Injuries are a different discussion Either way, I mean, right now, he's playing for money. And even though he could come back week one, he did it last year when he was thought to be out for a couple of weeks after his shoulder injury that he sustained right before the start of the season, came back, gritted it out, and then ended up being banged up, you know, on and off the entire season. 
Now another start to his season, David, where he's already going to miss a week of practice. And although I don't think his role is in any danger, I do think it is, you know, bad for him financially, potentially, right? And just not good for a guy who's trying to prove, hey, I can be a consistent receiver. I can be an all-around receiver and I can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, definitely the last part mostly. I mean, he wants to make sure that he's durable. And, yes, this is about money for him. I mean, it's probably not likely that the Chargers are going to re-sign him whether he has an outstanding season or not. I really think that that was part of the reason why they drafted Joshua Palmer, and I think we're seeing that. And there was some whispers out there last week, right, that they don't think an extension is going to come right between the two sides. Yeah, so that's no, nothing's imminent, and I mean, I think we saw that too. I mean, sure. we knew that they were probably weren't going to get a deal done, but I mean, the Chargers shouldn't, right? I mean, he needs to go out there and and put it all together. I mean, I think we've seen the ten touchdowns, we've seen the thousand yards, we haven't seen that together. I mean, we haven't seen an all around just breakout campaign from Mike Williams, and if he wants to get resigned by the Chargers, he needs to do that, or if he wants to get a big deal on the open market, he needs to do it. So either way. He needs to go out there and show that he can be a dominant receiver in this league, stay healthy, and be consistent. And if he does that, he's going to make a lot of money. If not, he might have to settle for a prove-it deal. Right, and he's never been the guy that creates the most separation. He's never been the guy with the elite route-running skill set. But he also has been one of the best jump ball receivers, one of the best 50-50 ball receivers in the NFL. And he's come through in very big moments for the Chargers. At the same time, it's hard to put a value on that. It's hard to put a number on that when the weekend and week out production just hasn't been there. So, like, you say extension. Like, I don't even know what that contract would look like right now. I mean, obviously, it would be whatever another team is willing to offer him, right? That's what sets the market, and there's a lot of splashy plays out there. So, you, you know, you guess someone could throw, you know, maybe $11 million at him, something like that annually just to get a big-time exciting receiver, it would be hard for the Chargers, you know, given his history with the team, being in and out. And even though he's had some really gritty performances, you can't pay him like a number one receiver right now. So that's the interesting thing with him. It'll hopefully work itself out because hopefully he can get back on the field and just have a fully healthy season. And he still has the opportunity to do that as we see it now. We don't really know how severe this is. All we know is that he's out this week. But where there's bad news, there's also good news because one of the things we did get to see At Monday's practice was rookie safety Mark Webb back on the field, linebacker Kenneth Murray back on the field, and T. Billy Tyron Johnson back on the field. He had such an impressive start to camp. It was great to see him back out there. He had a nice contested catch over Tavon Campbell, kind of mossed him a little bit, which you wouldn't think is Tyron Johnson's game. Still went out there and did it, and I thought he looked pretty good out there. Mark Webb was getting some extra work in after practice. Wasn't super involved, but still was out there practicing and then Kenneth Murray, as much as Drew Trank won because you're white and we're both really good on Saturday, Kenneth Murray is a very pivotal part of this defense, and he does some things that neither Kazir White or Drew Tranquil can do just from an athleticism standpoint, kind of just being used as a blitzer and a weapon to get downhill in that sense. He brings something that neither of those guys have, even though they potentially bring a more well-rounded skill set to the table than Kenneth Murray does. Either way, it's super important. Andy looks super cool out there in number nine, linebackers with number nine. I am a fan of it, but it was nice to see those guys get back on the field, especially Mark Webb and Tyron Johnson, who have both just had such impressive camps, and you want them to be able to build on that to potentially increase their role in the offense and defense, respectively. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. 
We have a lot to get into for the rest of the week. On tomorrow's show, we might get into some NFL Top 100. There's already been three Chargers who have made that list so far. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, and Corey Lindsley. And we also have joint practices later on in the week. So to make sure you get our thoughts on all of that, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's the Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And if you can on that platform, make sure to rate and review. You can also find the show every day by checking out our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And we also have our own show's Twitter page at LockedOnLAC. We also have an at LockedOnChargers Instagram where we've been posting a lot of content and also a Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But we love interacting with you guys on there and we try to put a lot of good content out on social media. So when you're not listening to this show, that's a great way to kind of get our takes on things. And I've been trying to post a lot of videos and some clips of the Chargers on there as well. But if you guys want to get your voices on the show, maybe if we have time tomorrow, maybe we do some voicemails. You can get on the show by calling into 323-524-7924. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with the latest Chargers news and maybe some NFL Top 100. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.